Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Greetings. Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. So glad you're here today. So today we're, today we're talking about a floating rate fund. What are these things? And how do they work? So designing a well-diversified portfolio, as you know, is part of any good investment strategy. While there are many ways to design such a portfolio, factoring in your financial goals and life situation, one type of investment to consider adding for further diversification is a floating rate fund. You might be thinking, that can't be secure. But it is. <laughs> Actually, a floating rate fund tends to be very stable. It's called a floating rate because of the investments that the fund holds. A floating rate fund generally holds senior level debt. Most floating rate funds yields are kind of like high yield savings accounts, but they do offer the potential for upside returns. Of course, a higher return means higher risk. And floating rate funds are no exception. So let's really dig into some more about floating rate funds, what they are and how they work. Capital stack. So to understand floating rate funds, we must first look at the capital stack. This is the arrangement of different equity and debt funding. Those funds at the top of the stack have the most amount of risk, while those at the bottom have the least amount of risk. As you go from top to bottom of the stack, returns decrease as well. So here's an example of a capital stack structure. Real quick, common equity, preferred equity, mezzanine debt, and senior debt, i.e. bonds. So the risk in each level comes in the form of a liquidation event, which is another way of saying bankruptcy. Once a company files for bankruptcy, its assets must be liquidated to pay back investors in the capital stack. Payments are distributed in the, a specific order, which starts with debt and ends with equity. Hmm. So when bankruptcy occurs, debt holders are made whole first. Whatever is left over goes to equity holders. Of course, if there isn't enough to make the debt holders whole, equity holders receive absolutely nothing, which is often the case. <laughs> Going back to more risks equals higher returns. Equity holders are able to participate in any upside. Bondholders only receive their coupon payments and can't participate in upside. For this limitation, they move up to the top of the capital stack payment hierarchy. What is a floating rate fund anyway? Let's really dig into this. So floating rate funds are mostly just debt funds. They invest in corporate debt. This is debt that is at the bottom of the capital stack, like senior debt. Unlike a treasury bond, which is considered risk-free debt, corporate debt still comes with risk. This risk is called credit risk. If a company files for bankruptcy, there's no guarantee that the liquidation of its assets will be able to pay back bondholders. Not only do bondholders lose their regular coupon payments, but they also lose their principal. That is the risk inherent in floating rate funds, or more specifically, investing in corporate debt. The floating rate component of these funds comes from two areas. Number one, the fact that they frequently reset their rates based on the latest interest rates. This reduces interest rate exposure. Compared to a bond fund, which holds a basket of fixed rate interest debt, fixed interest rate debt, I should say, the bond fund has exposure to changes in interest rates. 
it's not able to adjust its rates since debt is held until maturity at a fixed rate. An investor can mimic a floating rate fund by simply and frequently selling bonds and buying new ones. That allows them to participate in current interest rates. However, it is time-consuming and increases transaction costs. Hmm. A floating rate fund does the above without investor participation or increased transaction cost. Examples of floating rate funds that invest in corporate debt include the BlackRock Floating Rate Income Fund, BFRIX. I dare you to say that five times fast. All right, the next one, iShares Floating Rate Bond ETF, FLOT, F-L-O-T. I don't know if they say FLOT, I just like to say FLOT, FLOT. Okay, number two, the second component of the floating rate is the type of debt held by floating rate funds. These debt instruments are based on a floating reference rate. The reference rate might be the London Interbank Offered Rate, or LIBOR, or the Fed rate. Then a premium is added to this base rate, and that is what corporations are charged. There is another type of floating rate fund that does invest in short-term treasuries rather than corporate debt. It's put out by Wisdom Tree, and it's called the Wisdom Floating Rate Treasury Fund. I feel like you need a, a British accent when you say that. I won't do it, I'll spare you. Because the fund invests in treasuries, it doesn't assume the same credit risk as funds invested in corporate debt. Wisdom Floating Rate Treasury Fund is ISFR. A floating rate fund falls into the bond category of portfolio allocation. These funds are another method of portfolio diversification within the bond allocation category. For those looking for more diversification, floating rate funds are certainly worth considering. And that is our show today. Thanks so much for stopping by. And if you want to find out more about floating rate funds, or my goodness, anything else you could possibly want to know about investing and about money in general, check out thecollegeinvestor.com. That's thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you again real soon.